No, you can't go in there, Louis. That's Puma eating breakfast. You've had your breakfast, okay? Yeah. Now I'm gonna have my cup of tea. The question is what mug will I use today? Will it be Belfast, London or multicolored? friend in Perth in Australia and she sings to herself while she makes her morning coffee and ever since I got in the habit of listen, listening to her singing coffee, coffee with Georgie and um, I found it impossible to think up a song that I could have when you're having tea with Polly. I keep the, the, the melody of her song. It's too deeply embedded. I suppose it's it's also the association. Anyway. Anyway, good morning to you all. The dog wants to go out now, do you? Do you want to go out now? Mm. He wouldn't go out a few minutes ago. Right. 16th of April. Uh, is this best before or sell by date? It's used by the 16th of April. I don't think it's the 16th of April yet. Yesterday I spent the whole day thinking it was the 10th and then I thought it was the 11th. But today is Wednesday the 11th. Yes. This time next week it'll be one day to go to Prague. Okay, Paul. Tea down, compile list of <clears throat> tasks for today. Number one, bed for dog. Dog. Uh, cat flap. Food for a dog for Louis. Oh, oh yes, write newsletter. For show and tell. 
meet Akari. Brush, Keat. No, that's a joke. on the Irish news this morning on the RTE news app is review finds failings in Wicklow disability service number two item airlines warned of possible missile launches into Syria Number three, senior guardy raise post-Brexit border policing issues. Zuckerberg resists efforts to commit to regulation. And item number five, rival resolutions on Syria vetoed at UN meeting. Does it say in the in 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 the BBC? BBC News. Top stories. Russia warns US over Syria response. Facebook, we're in arms race with Russia. Australian jailed for fake cancer scam. Five athletes desert in inverted commas Commonwealth Games and 20th Century Fox raided in competition probe. So there we are. That's what the world is like. And I can now drink my cup of tea. Satisfied that there's nothing major. aware of. Well, the last thing is today is definitely going to be psychological preparation for a speech contest this evening. Middleton Park Hotel, East Cork, area final of Toastmasters. This is area three, area three final probably five competitors and I'm my title of my speech is I promise you I promise you promises 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 oh right well there we are that's today a start to the day We're going to the woods. Okay, I'll leave you the key. I'll be in the car. Right, it's for the first time ever. My daughter and I going to the woods with Louis. <clears throat> so, before going to the woods, let me see what's on the radio. Is called Cook, Share, Eat Vegan, and I'm delighted to welcome to the program Anya Carlin. Anya, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. You're from Derry, as your accent instantly betrays. I am. I, well, I left there when I was 18, so it's been almost 20 years since I actually lived in Derry, but I am absolutely still a Derry girl. <laughs> Which, of course, is a very popular thing to very say now, popular, since the show yeah. came out. When did this journey begin for you? Um, well, it began, the vegan journey began uh, because I've always been a foodie. I've always been. You know, oh, this is vegan. Vegan. I think uh, the vegans are planning to take over the world. The vegan thing kind of started when I lived in Chicago, and I honestly hadn't even—I didn't know what the word vegan was. I'd never even come across that before. 
and yeah, we were we were living there, and I kind of seen this word pop up, and I seen like these dishes, and I thought, what on earth is this? And it just got the cogs whirring a bit, and I started to look into it. And I guess the more I uncovered, the more I kind of became interested and thought, hmm, maybe I'll give this lifestyle a go myself. And I did. We actually gave ourselves a challenge to do it for three weeks and see how we felt after that. And after three weeks, my husband turned to me and he said, I feel pretty amazing. So, yeah, we just kind of thought, let's do this long term. Let's go back to Vegan 101. Mm -hmm. um, people will be familiar if they are a meat eater, what meat is. Yeah. Vegetarians then will eat certain products that are related to animals, i.e. milk and cheese and all that kind and of thing. And eggs, yeah. And eggs. And vegans then, none, nothing that comes from an animal No at all. animal products whatsoever, but that doesn't mean that you're going to miss out. So in the book, I kind of give you recipes to make your own plant milks, whether that's from cashews or almonds there are, or There are pictures hazelnuts. in the book yes, um, mm -hmm. of you making milk. Yes, yeah, and it's so easy, you wouldn't believe, and cheaper I'm, actually I'm, than buying your own. I'm not going to lie, it doesn't look easy, it looks rather complicated and messy. No, oh, absolutely not, it is so straightforward, honestly, and that actually, the picture in the book is of cashew milk, and cashew milk blends so smooth that you almost don't need to strain it. This is about vegan. You know, squeezing it through a muslin cloth, you... you... Can we turn it down a bit? Pardon? Can we turn it down just? Of course we can. Yeah, so basically I just add um, cashews, which I've soaked probably overnight or at least for a few yeah. hours, and they kind of plump up a little in bit water. in water, just, just plain old water. And then I put it in How a blender. Um, strength I'll maybe add a little bit of sweetener, a little bit of salt, um, and then I'll add some water, blend yeah, it like until it. it's smooth, and you can use it straight away, or you can do, uh, as the do image uh, suggests, yeah, uh, squeeze it through okay. a muslin cloth. And is that just to remove anything? Just to remove any, yeah, you can, and with the remaining pulp you can kind of add it to cakes oh, yeah. or you know you can use it to make uh, nut pulp crackers so bring any lousy juice taste, taste delicious um so yeah it, for me it's all about you know okay. eating your whole foods you know keeping things really simple like there's nothing overly complicated in the book and there's a lot of familiar foods in the book as well and there are uh, um but uh, for me as, as a meat eater and that makes me sound like some kind of you're familiar with this wood? It just seems like a lot of effort, but you could just, you know, put in a bit of chicken. Watergrass Hill one. Yeah. Basically, my main aim with I go there every day. really accessible, really inclusive, and really I'd say Louis might find his way there if they've given an opportunity. It's really exciting, doesn't it? If it takes 10 minutes, I'd be surprised. And it is really satisfying. For me, it's all about, you know, getting those textures and flavors in so that you are completely satisfied and you don't. Okay. Excuse me. The moment that you wake up your keys or you put on your coat or you even touch the lead, it starts jumping up and down. I love it. I love when he gets excited. It makes him look like a really happy dog. <laughs> That why you do your best to get him excited. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, you might hate me for it because then he gets all whiny and like, oh, don't leave me, don't leave me. Or it's like, and gets really worked up. But I like it when he gets excited and like, you know. Of course, the rest of the time, he just um, follows us round. Ben's lying down. So I guess he's not all that interesting when he's lying down, is he? Now he's looking out the back of the back of the car. He always does. He whines when um, when we have the horse box attached because he can't see out the back. Oh, he does, does he? He does, yeah. He gets really annoyed when you've got this big block of this horse box at the back of the car that's blocking his view. He's really not happy. And does he lie down? No. Then? No. no, he just sits up and whines. Because he can't see, does it, through the back window. He's like, a, he's like a baby, you know. Yeah. He, he you know, he, he just will go on and on. And unless you do something, he won't stop. By the way, do you want to go to Heights today? You're going to go up and see? 
better have some time during the day. If I'm going to get to Chicago, I gotta, I gotta plan this speech a bit. Is Sive coming tonight? Sive is, oh yeah, I think I better go and pick Sive up. Actually, Sive can come out on the bus, can't she? Yeah. Yeah, I better get in touch with her and find out what time she wants to come out. Pardon? Uh, where? It's out in the Middleton Park Hotel at o'clock. Well, you see, there'll be two competitions. There'll be what's called the International Speech Competition, the one I'm in. And then there'll be a... Um, the Impromptu. No, the Impromptu is finished. Um, the Impromptu happened in Sheffield, but there's a um, evaluation competition. That's when somebody does a speech. Yeah, and you have to give them points. Yeah. yeah, you don't give them points, but you're... you're like, you, no, but you, get, you like, tell them what was good and what wasn't. Right, yeah, or yeah. What, was, what they should keep on doing, yeah. repeat, and uh, also what they could usefully change. Those two things. And you're given five minutes. If somebody makes a speech, usually about seven minute long speech, and then you go out of the room for you can make notes. But you go out of the room for five minutes, take your notes with you. Then at the end of five minutes, your notes are taken away from you. And somebody goes back into the room, does their, I think it's three minutes. Evaluation. I usually get disqualified on evaluations because I go on too long, and I find it very hard to to program myself because they they show green lights, orange lights, and red lights. But you have 30 seconds from the time the red light that goes on. But I'm very bad at judging the last 30 seconds, how many. You should get a timer on your watch. Like, you should get a watch with a timer on it. So that you could, like, set, like, three minutes. So that when it buzzes, when it vibrates on your hand, you stop. Could you do that with your Fitbit if you wanted to? I'm not sure. I probably could. Because I can set a timer on your phone. Is that because um, you linked your yeah. Fitbit to my phone? Yeah. And could I, on the Fitbit app, uh, program your watch to uh, go off? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of handy. From your phone, you can program my Fitbit to go off and to, um, to, to vibrate at a certain time. Well, that means I can... I can uh, and I tested it out this morning. It works. I can say what time you need to be home at. Yeah. We can agree. You've go you got to be home by... Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. And my, my Fitbit vibrates, so will I vibrate. So you have no excuse. Yeah. Would you like that? We'll do it later. I'll, uh, otherwise, I, I wouldn't have looked at the Fitbit app. And the other app, the other one you got as a gift, can that do the same? No. No? There's no, but there's an app connected with it. Yeah, but you can't set alarms or anything. Oh. Now I begin to understand why this one is better. Yeah. And this one, like, I even got an, in, an incoming thing when somebody called you. Somebody called you on your phone? Somebody called you. Mom called you on yeah. your phone this morning. Yes, she did, yeah. It came in on my watch. Oh, my privacy. Oh, <laughs> What are you going to be doing? 
No, I'm only joking. No, I can't hear your conversation, but I can, but I know who you're talking to. Do you know who, who I'm talking to? Huh? Like it comes up and it buzzes, so it goes, but it just buzzes. It um, vibrates. Right. And it comes up Edel or two others. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know why I have that in my phone. I must um, get rid of the other phrase and or two others. And does it tell you how, how much time I spend on the phone? No. It just comes up and when I tap it, it goes away. Right. just thinking I'd be able to... You'd be able to track where I am? Yeah. Then you'd officially be called a stalker, Dad. A stalker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No! Well, I could be called a concerned parent. You know. I mean, stalker is a derogatory word, isn't it? But I would be an online stalker. Person who walks around off to you and goes to your house. And you never know. Online comes first, and then the physical stalker. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. But it, the only person who can do it is the person who has the phone, the, the smartphone, which is linked to your Fitbit. Yes. So but you can't see where I am. Right, but I'm the which only person thing. then. But wouldn't it be good for safety no. for me to know where you are? No. Let's just say your phone ends up in somebody else's hands and they open your phone. They couldn't get into it without my thumbprint. Or your password, but your password isn't that hard. Well, it's four numbers. Yeah. My, my phone is six numbers. Yeah, that's true. Yours is safer than mine. Yeah. Why is yours safer? Because I changed it. I changed that I didn't want four password. I wanted a five sequence password. Or a six sequence password. And 
nobody would get would guess my password, really. How, how many variations are there on four on four numbers? A lot. I mean, it's four out of I guess ten, isn't it? No. It'd be a lot more because let's just say you can use every number four times. You can use every number three times. You can use every number two times. And you can have, use every number once. Like there's so many different I know. things that you can use, but six would be ten times more secure. Yeah, it would. It six would. numbers. There used to be a very simple way of calculating, or I used to know a very simple formula for calculating um, how many. Yeah, you did, but there was a flaw in that. Well, suppose we take the number one, two, three. Yeah. You can use one, 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 one. Yeah. one, 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 two, 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 three, Supposing it was three le three numbers you wanted, and you had three, um, you had one, two, and three. They're the only numbers, yeah. and you have to identify how many times, how many different uh, variations there could be on one, two, three. But there can be a lot because you can use each each number more than once. That'll be one. One, two, one, 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 two, 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 three, three, three. But it's a four sequence. Ah, I see what you mean. But I was trying to say that it's a three sequence. Imagine oh. it's a three sequence. Oh. And what is the formula for working out? See, I think it could be three threes or nine, but I'm not sure. No, there's more than nine. All the ones, all the twos, all the threes. And then one, two, three. Three, two, one. That's two, that's five. One, two, three, three, two, one, that's five. Yeah, one, three, two. And then um, two, 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 three, one. Two, one, three. Two, uh, one, one. Three, one, one. Okay, we're here. Two, two, three, three. God, I learned that formula at school, and I've forgotten it now. Yeah, but. But it's you're really right. Impossible. You see about the. It is. Oh, we could write them down. Yeah, but it'll take. It would take a while. But like, there will be a lot. There's definitely going to be more than nine. See, it'd be so much easier if you could only use each letter once or each number once. I know, that would, but that would reduce the number. Okay, supposing we were doing it with one and two and we had to come up with the variations of... One, one, two, two, one, two, two, one. One, one, two, two, no, two, no, no, one. No, 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 I mean two, two letters. So there's one, one, two, two, one, two, two, one. It'd be more, there'd be more ways. How many, look. There are four. No, because you say one, two, but is it in a four sequence? No. Or in three? That's a two sequence. So one, one, two, two, one, two, one, three, two, one. It's only four, but that's because that's, it's. Because two is the square root, the square root of two is four. I know what it is. That if, for example... But the square root of 9 is... Uh, the square root of 3 is... Uh, is 9. Is 9. Right. Now, that's totally different from perming four numbers out of 3. So you can get 1, 1, 1, 1. I'm confused. Yeah. So am I.
Welcome to my home. Well, welcome to our home. Yeah, Louis the dog is over there in the corner resting after his exertions in the wood. I think Puma the cat is upstairs sleeping on a bed. My daughter is inside watching a bit of TV. She would welcome you too if she, if she liked having her voice on social media as she quite liked it when she was very small. And uh, my wife would welcome you but wouldn't do so on, uh, on social media. So here I am surrounded by a cup of tea which I'm drinking from a mug which has got City of Sheffield on it and some burly looking men with some kind of oh yeah and uh, what do you call the the, the head uh, armor that knights had on top of them uh, putting on your anyway i've got milk here got a uh, one pe ordinary pen one colored marker two teaspoons did I say milk? Yeah, super milk, one carton. Several pieces of medication, one well-used box of strepsils, uh, one vitamin C orange flavor canister cylinder, upside down, and a sp spoon here. Um, I have a moleskin notebook. And I have a what do they call lightning cable. Oh yes, a packet of uh, handkerchiefs, and a advertisement for a flyer for Cork County Cleaning Services, based in Blarney, County Cork. We specialise in painting and cleaning of roofs. My goodness, painting and cleaning of roofs. Well, I suppose. Um, and in the Moleskine notebook, which is open so that it's lined, by the way, it's got a white cover, it's lined, I've written down the phrase, I've promised you. And I think I'll do a special segment on the relevance of I've promised you. This is about Toastmasters. This evening I'm competing in a, the second round of the International Speech Contest. I'm competing in the area final, which will be held in Middleton. And I have to make, or I'm going to make, a five to seven minute speech. So are, I think, four other people. So it'll be very competitive. And I am wondering how I'm going to start the speech. What is the very first sentence? And the first sentence in a speech needs to be attractive, meaning that it needs to attract the attention of the audience. It ideally would be memorable, but it certainly needs to uh, interrupt their thoughts, their uh, what they're thinking about, and grab their ears. So, I have three possible openings to the speech. What, number one, in no order of importance, is one I've used before. I promise you. And that's then followed by what, I promise you, this, that, and the other. The second um, option I have is I, I've or I have promised you. Or I've already promised you. The third is... What is the third? I've promised you. 
Maybe it's the use of the word already. Already, I've promised you, or I've promised you already. No, I think already is stronger. Anyway, there we are. I, I am in the throes of debating this with myself. Um, it's the same speech, if you like, the same kind of theme as I spoke when I spoke in Blarney Club Toastmasters competition or contest, as it's called. It's not called a competition. Um, I'm looking forward to this uh, contest. One of the strangest things that has happened to me since at Toastmasters, since I've been in Toastmasters, is that my mouth has dried up. Almost every prepared speech I've done at Toastmasters has been accompanied by a dry mouth. I mean, so dry that I make sure I drink water before I speak and drink have water available in case I, my mouth literally dries up. This is not a question of forgetting what I was going to say. I, and when I do impromptu speaking, as opposed to a prepared speech, I don't get that at all. So, and I have never... Um, had a dry mouth when speaking to a group of people and I have spoken to reasonably large groups of people without ever experiencing a dry mouth. In fact, if the mouth gets really dry and it did happen to me once in Toastmasters uh, the, the, no sound will come out. Yeah. I remember at Christmas one year Somebody said at home after Christmas dinner, have you done the cinnamon test? And the cinnamon test is, are you capable of swallowing a teaspoon of cinnamon? And I thought one of the others had done it already. So I thought, right, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. Um, I bet you, you can't swallow a teaspoon of cinnamon. I'm talking about ground cinnamon now, by the way. Not a teaspoon of uh, <laughs> smashed up um, uh, pieces of cinnamon. No. So uh, I would be very grateful if you, uh, if you give me an opinion about this. Uh, what's the best way to start the speech? I, I promise you, I have promised you, are already I've promised you. So there we are. Um, I uh, yeah, that's all for now. I I have um, this is a kind of little day in the life type um, podcast episode, and rather than do long parts to it. I'm going to do shorter than I usually do. Anyway, great to be in touch with you. I'm not proud of this. I don't usually feed the birds. Yeah, I didn't feed them at all during the winter when the snow was down, when the ice was up. Not at all. I've just gone out with some leftover bread and put crumbs on out in the garden. I've no idea why I do it now in spring, but that's what I've done. I'd love to think this was the start of a new habit. Well, welcome to the supermarket. I'm just after buying some granary bread. Two euros. I, my niece is coming to babysit this evening, so I need to get something for her to eat. Uh, I think I'll go with chicken, broccoli, and crumble. Would that be, or would shepherd's pie be better? No. No, I'll get the chicken, broccoli, 
Um, a few blueberries. few nectarines. Well, they're not nectarines, they're easy peelers, but they're the same thing, aren't they? Um, tomatoes. Vine tomatoes. Apples, no, we don't have any apples left at home. I think I actually have enough. I don't want to get much. I hate, well, dislike the way pink ladies are from France all have stickers on them. Little stickers you have to get rid of. And they just add to contamination, really. Contamination. I need um, food for this evening. I have vegetables. I have... Am I going to join the queue here and get a bit of turkey? I am. I'm going to get some turkey. I love cold turkey. And it's meant to be very good for you. some nice rolls here with rocket in them. Yeah, I remember I used to grow rocket in Bath. Lovely peppery stuff. Hi. Hi. Could I have about five euros worth of the, of the turkey, please? Yeah. Do you mind slicing it off because I uh, I only like it sliced off. Thanks. Just be back in a minute. I want to get something. I want to get some smoked salmon. If they have it. The one I like. Yeah. A half side of smoked salmon, 11 euro. They're selling strip line steak at 30% off. That's perfect. That's absolutely fine. Thanks very much. Okay, that's it. I'll be here. I'm avoiding buying wine. Yeah, I'm walking past the gourmet counter. Which for my mind isn't very gourmet at all.
Hello, hi. No, I'll be all right actually. I'm going to shove it back in here and throw it into the car. I'm just parked outside the door. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. No, I haven't, no. Thanks very much. I don't I don't need the receipt. Thank you. That's it. Shopping done. Welcome to my nervous world. It's 6.37 and I've left the house. I've even changed my clothes. I put on a fresh pair of trousers, a fresh jacket. I haven't changed my socks, but I've done all this in order to give me some kind of confidence going into a situation in which is quite pressured. I'm going to make this international speech competition uh, contest, rather, speech this evening at, at Toastmasters. And you can probably hear it in my voice. I have left home with fantastic encouragement from my daughter, who practically, well, who did, in effect, help me to rewrite not rewrite, but re recast my speech. Yes, she came up with phrases like going forward together, which I think is a wonderful phrase, going forward together. Um, she came up with words like trust, meaning, belonging. This is all about, you know, the sort of promises that people make when they join organizations and the promises that organizations put in front of people and saying, look, if you would like to join this organization, if you'd like to apply to join this voluntary organization, this is what you're joining. You're joining an organization in which every single person has already made a promise and you are going to make the same promise. I don't want a receipt getting money out of a machine. You don't. So many organizations enshrine the promise that employees make in the standards that the organization puts in front of them and says to them, in effect, these are the standards that we expect. These are the standards you have uh, a right to expect to find in the company. These are our values. So for example, if an organization says our values are integrity, service, and excellence. Suppose there 
the three values that an organization says that it holds most dearly. And you were going to join that organization. You were going to sign the contract of employment. You would, would you not, have a right to expect that the organization would be a place that would treat you with integrity, treat you with respect, and you would know that, that though, to uphold those values, to behave those values, would be expected of you. So it's a two-way, a two-way ship, if you like. All for one and one for all. My daughter gave me some great phrases which led me to think that in effect she was saying that the thing that makes membership of Toastmasters meaningful is not the utilitarian, if you like, wish to be a better speaker at the end of it. That's an outcome. You will become a better conversationalist, a communicator, a better influencer, a better leader as a result of your experiences at Toastmasters. I believe that is the case. I believe that you learn things in a completely, in an atmosphere which is not critical, but which is all about giving positive encouragement to you for the future. I'm not here to make an advertisement about Toastmasters, but what I thought was terrific, this is my daughter is 12 now, was for her to hear very little about my speech, but she did listen to the beginning of it, and she did say, you know, this is about a unit, making a unit, holding a unit together, binding it. And it made me realize something that I had never put into words before, which is that the culture of the organization at its core is summarized in the promise, the ten-part promise that Toastmasters make. That's the aspiration, but it's more than an aspiration. It's a promise. And you know, we all know we should keep our promises. So, I'm talking to myself and I'm sharing this with you because I want to promise you something. I promise you that this evening when I go out on that stage, I will be motivated by the desire to influence the people in the room, to offer them something valuable. That will be my primary motivation. Yes, my secondary motivation is, be, is to be the best speaker in the room. I can't control that. There may well be somebody who is stunningly good. And that's life. You can't win everything. But what I can definitely to do is deliver on my promise to speak with integrity, to speak with respect, to speak with the greatest amount of excellence that I can muster this evening, and to serve everyone in the room with something that I mightn't even make explicit, which is giving them something to take back into their clubs, into their individual lives, into their individual Toastmaster clubs, and into their workplace. In fact, into everywhere. Keeping your promises and going forward together. I've got to speak for seven minutes. This at least wasn't the speech. 
but I would have no difficulty waxing on lyrically about this topic for an hour and illustrating it with reference to a lot of other organizations. Business Networking International has the equivalent of a promise. The Scouts have a promise. Many, many countries, not all, but many countries, have a promise made by citizens. And I'll bet you that somebody becoming a, becoming a new citizen of the United Kingdom makes some sort of promise. I even think people joining professional football clubs in effect make a promise. Often they talk about having made a promise to their fans. And that's fine. They certainly make a promise to their teammates. So do members of every great team. Wish me luck, please. Any comments you have about what I'm saying, I would be very grateful for them. But thank you for the opportunity <laughs> to share my nervousness with you. Right, now I'm with the, my good friend William, who was victorious this evening. William, what was it like to win the second round of the international speech competition? Uh, but I, I, I understand that there's a trip to Hawaii as a as the prize money. So, Is there? Uh, I thought it was... That's right. Oh, right. Chicago, by the way. No, Hawaii, I was told. And uh, I'm waiting for the tickets to come. So, um, do you know, okay. I'll, I'll send you were you speaking, you were speaking you for Hawaii. Is that, I mean, that what motivated you now to, to, to tell that? Will you? When I'm in Hawaii. Anyway, that's William from Toastmasters. He, uh, yeah. yeah, he was victorious. He, he was well ahead of the field, actually, I'd say that much. And he has a lot, he has a lot. Don't you have a lot of knowledge about fields? Oh, uh, as a farmer, I'm a man outstanding in my own field. So I told you he was well ahead of the field this evening. All right. And with this piece of music, I'm going to close down for the day. This has been Paul Omani welcoming you into my life for little snippets. <laughs>